Hello, and welcome back to the Completing and Competing podcast, diving back into the sport of football, making a new coaching friend and brother in Christ today. And we are talking with James Hauk. James, you just want to say hello to our listeners before I kind of start rattling off some earthly stats and we start talking about this amazing guy named Jesus and how he is interceded in your life, both on and off the field. Yeah. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Oh, James, I'm so excited. You said yes to this random stranger, like we were talking about pre-recording, sliding into your DMs and being like, you're a football coach and you love Jesus. Let's talk about both of those things. And I think, James, when we look at your your career as an athlete, you were a four-time starter at Wheaton, where you currently coach, so Wheaton College. You ran track, you played football, then you transitioned into a youth pastor for a couple years in one of my favorite states of Texas before coming back to Wheaton. Wheaton, coaching at a high school, Wheaton Academy, and now coaching at your alma mater. You are in your sixth season as the wide receivers coach at Wheaton. And obviously that competitive nature is driven into you because you're an athlete, because you're a coach. But I think there's this completion side to you, this, this Jesus side of you. I know nothing about your story and I cannot wait to hear what God has done, is doing, and obviously will continue to do in your personal life, uh, but also your professional life as well. So without further ado, the mic is yours and I cannot wait to hear this story. Awesome. Again, yeah, I really appreciate this opportunity. Um, so I, I grew up in the Indianapolis area and my okay. dad has been a teacher at a, a K through 12 Christian school, Heritage Christian. Okay. Um, so I grew up there. I, my, my, some of my first memories were there before I even went to kindergarten there. Um, and was he was a coach, so was involved around multiple sports, um, whether it was track and field, cross country, football, basketball, um, played a, played a lot of different stuff, but always loved athletics. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of my background and, and seeing him as a coach really drew me into coaching as well. Um, the classic, I went to, the classic coach's kid response, yeah, like I grew up on yeah. the field, so this is exactly where I belong. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and so when I was actually looking to go to college, um, Wheaton came on my radar um, Wheaton being um, just outside of Chicago, being a Christian institution and uh, had some former teammates from high school that were playing there and went on my visit there. And I remember telling my dad, like, hey, I'm not I'm not going to go here. And he was like, what do you mean? Oh. This place is perfect. And yeah. <laughs> like, um, well, my experience at, at Heritage, I had some teammates that I'd grown up playing AU basketball and football with and um, decided they wanted to pursue different lifestyles on the weekends. And I was like, why would why would Wheaton be any different than that, where parents mm. are just paying a check and. Um, they're going there and saying they're they're a believer, not living it out. And I was like, I might as well go somewhere my my expectations are met. And and if my expectations of a place is it's, it's not a um, Christian culture, well, at least my expectations are met, and I, I I'm aware of that, and I can go yeah, find fair. my own community. Um, yeah. And God closed some other doors where I was looking to play football, and I was like, well, I, I love playing football, and I know Wheaton wants me to play, so I'm going to go there. Um, and and my experience was completely different than my assumption um, to have yeah. a team of 110 to 120 guys who all love Jesus and chose Wheaton for that, um, wow. to have that community, um, was really special. And, and, you know, going into my freshman year, having seniors who I'd never met call me and ask what they could pray for me about, um, as I, I joined their family was, was really cool. And, um, that was my experience. And so I was really thankful that I got to go there. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think what a beautiful gift. And it's also this space to me where it's like, we have our plans. It's like, yeah, this is not where I'm going. 
Like, I don't feel it here. And God's like, "Mm, James, I'm telling you, this is where we're going to go. I'm going to let you explore some different avenues. But like the plans I have for you are immeasurably more than you can truly fathom. And then you show up and then to have that community. And I want to kind of talk about that community before we go anywhere else, because I think that's really cool as an athlete, because that's not normal. Unfortunately, it's not. And so to be able to walk on the field or walk in your locker room and know that you are surrounded by not only your teammates, not only your friends, but more importantly, those brothers in Christ. And how can I pray for you? Like what an amazing moment for you as a freshman to be like, wait, are these guys serious? And they were like, what yeah. a beautiful gift. Oh my gosh. Please keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was, it was amazing. Um, our, our program, our former head coach retired in, in the fall of 19. Um, okay. he had been there for 25 years and really established a culture of, um, what he always said, it's actually on my shirt here. It says no regrets. Um, he wanted to, okay. Everyone on the team, I say, obviously as an athlete to prepare with no regrets looking back. But um, for him, it went beyond and said, as a as a son of God, you know, live your life where you have no regrets. We're able to Mm. always said, look yourself in the mirror every night. And um, as an athlete, did you do everything you needed to do? But as a as a follower of Christ, did you do everything you needed to do that day? Um, And so preparing his goal was to prep young men to live lives with no regrets. And so um, we had small groups that we were placed in. Um, our, our team has actually gone on mission trips on spring break, which 70 of our guys are right now. Um, wow. in, right this year they're in Ecuador, Cuba, Dominican Republic, and Mississippi spending their week off serving those in need and actually coming alongside former Wheaton football players who are serving. Um, so I got to go on three of those trips as a player. Um, yeah. and I, my wife and I have led two since I've been a coach. And so those wow. experiences are, are awesome and life-changing. And again, to, to to be alongside teammates that you you sweat and bleed with, and then you get to go and serve with, and um, is, is a really cool experience. Wow, 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 wow! So we we played and it was great, but then we went into ministry before we went into coaching. So kind of yeah. talk me through that. Like, <laughs> what was God doing in those spaces? Because obviously, you're still glorifying Him in everything that we do, regardless of the profession that we choose. But choosing ministry is a very unique decision. So, what kind of led you there? Yeah, I was actually on one of those mission trips my sophomore year. Um, I was pursuing um, health sciences and. Um, really felt on one of those trips, I was connecting with these these kids at a, a camp in, or a boarding school in Tennessee where these kids would have been lost in the system and this boarding school houses them and teaches them and also teaches them about Jesus while they're there. Um, and I was connected with some of these kids that have a lot of broken um, past. And that's not necessarily my background, but I was able to you know love on these kids for a week. Yeah. I had a, a few friends that I really respect say, hey, you're really good at this. Like, mm. it's like, oh, okay. I've never heard that before. And then <laughs> we went on a prayer walk and really felt God saying, like, use the gifts I've given you. Don't chase mm. comfort. Don't chase, um, you know, a, a comfortable lifestyle and, and things that aren't necessarily what I'm guiding you to. And so I really reflected and talked to other people close to me. And um, thankfully, I have a, a handful of family members who are already in ministry and got to get their opinion um, and kind of went head on into it and didn't really know where I was going, but um, ended up in Dallas, Texas. My, my wife was finishing up school at TCU, so I ended up okay. in the DFW area for that reason. Um, yep. and got connected to this church and, um, what was, it was all God for sure. Just hearing after on my exit interview, the guy, um, who hired me was saying, you know, you were the least qualified, <laughs> but you said, you know, I'm not in this to climb a ladder. I'm in this to, to serve. I, I, just, I just knew I felt called to serve the youth. And, um, he said, that's what we wanted. We just wanted someone that mm-hmm. wanted to be here, be where their feet are. And, um, it was a cool experience. It was a challenging experience. And, 
junior hires will will try to devour you if they, if you let them. And um, after gaining their trust, though, they're they're yours. And it was really cool to to see those sixth graders develop all the way to eighth grade while the time I was there and and trying to instill some leadership abilities on them too. And so it was really cool experience and um, definitely relates a lot of coaching in the same way, just the way you communicate, the way you, you find out how people work and um, was a really valuable time for me. And I think it goes back to this. He doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And it's like, my resume says like, I don't belong here, but I feel called and I feel convicted and I have a passion for this. And I believe God uses those things for his glory. And that's exactly what he did. But we went into coaching from there. So, so what was that transition? We went back to Wheaton, obviously at the high school level first, and then back in college, what kind of drew you back to the game? Was there something that was very spiritual in that encounter? It was like, no, I just miss football and I want to be engaged in this. Yeah. So actually my first coaching job was with um, girls track and field. Oh, um, even better. We love yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, my wife and I, for, for various reasons, wanted to, to move closer to family, wanted to be able to prioritize our marriage. And she was just traveling a lot for work and I was working mm-hmm. on Sunday. So it wasn't a, a great combo. Yeah. Um, and so we moved back to a familiar place in Wheaton. And um, that was, I, I had a friend who was working as an assistant AD at that, that high school and said, Hey, we need a girls track coach. I know you're looking for a job. And I was like, cool. I know track. My dad's coached for 30 years and I at yeah. least have a resource and um, let's, let's take it on. And it was, it was an experience for sure. Um, having my first day coaching a girl cry in the starting blocks and just like, all right, this is what we're going to learn about. But it, it was a great experience. And um, it was a small team only coaching about eight to 10 girls and okay. um, got to, you know, really see them grow. And it was really rewarding. And um, again, another, another experience that I'm able to kind of lean back on at times with, with certain situations with my current players, um, even though it's a completely dim- different atmosphere, um, there's a lot of, you know, going back to the track where, you know, you just be your best and that's, that's a win. Um, it yeah. doesn't necessarily matter who's to the right or left of you. If you beat your time, that's awesome. And so I'm able to relate that to 18 to 22 year old young men and, um, kind of the same way if you're getting better, you know, that that that's the reward in itself. If you get to play, that's awesome. That's bonus, but only, only a certain number of guys get to play on Saturdays and um, making sure those guys below them are engaged and understanding that their, their value is not in statistics on the field. It's, mm. it's in um, ultimately in their relationship with Jesus Christ and their value set in him. But as a football player, that's, that's hard and they yep. want to win. They're competitive. And so say, Hey, you know, I can pull up film from, from August and then pull up film from, from November and see how much they've improved. And, you know, you feel good inside when someone notices that. No. And I think it, again, it goes back to kind of the core conversations we have within the ministry is God has called us so much more to so much more than our statistics. And, and that is true. And we've already taken the ultimate victory in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Like we get to go compete on the field because the gifts that he's given us, but then now you're back at Wheaton, you're back at your alma mater coaching the team that you played for and now engaging with these athletes. James, I guess my question is how do you blend that? How do you blend that competitive nature and that fire and that fierceness of competition, but then that completion side as well of really driving home that their identity is not found in the pads that they put on the stats that they put out. It's in who he calls them to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the unique places about Wheaton is we're able to build relationships with them beyond the athlete at a, at a much easier level. There doesn't have to be a, a huge hierarchy between leaders and followers um, in our, at our, at our place. It's just the unique place about us. Um, um, I'm able to, to get to know my athletes and, and what they, that's our, our recruiting model too, is the relationship building. Cause we're going to be, um, just a different experience. And so we're not yeah. trying to bring in 
you know, if we could just bring in anybody we want, it'd be awesome on the football side, but um, that's not who we're at about as a school or as a, as a program. And so yeah. um, getting to know them from the point of recruiting um, all the way to their senior year, you get to see these guys grow in their relationship with Jesus, get them mature, um, and you get to get a really a firsthand seat in that. Um, and so the, the completing side, as you put it, um, is pretty natural at times. You know, um, okay. if, a, if a kid needs challenge, I'm able to challenge him. I'm able to bring him back to scripture. Um, I'm able to encourage these guys, hey, you need to go on one of these mission trips. Like yeah. they're, they're such a great experience. And I can I can be bold about that. Um, and then in the, in the context of football, um, everything's an opportunity to point back to to the story. You know, mm. you, we have stories of our athletic career, but they all go point back to the story of Jesus Christ. And um, I coach the wide receivers and there's a lot of things that have to go in and that have to go right for a, a receiver to be successful. It's not just yeah. about them. You know, the ball has to get to the quarterback. Quarterback has to have protection. Quarterback has to see that you're open. And so to a, a thing that I preach to them every year is that you can only control what you can control, but you have to be mm-hmm. faithful and disciplined in your job. Um, and, and that's been a, a huge thing. And it's always a great reminder for me too, when that, that moment happens each year and it, it could happen on, on, on a good day, it could happen on a bad day, but I'm always reminded of that at least once a year where I'm able to translate something they're going through athletically into their life. And then ultimately into their relationship with Jesus, which is really cool. What a beautiful opportunity. And what is that like with your staff as well, right? Because it's, it is this space of you're, you're a coach, you're working with athletes, but you're also working with your peers and and you are in a high pressure job. Your job depends on wins and losses of 18 to 22 year olds. Like that is the reality. So what is that community like within your staff? Like, how are we breathing life? How are you doing that from like a tactical perspective? Cause I think it's really easy to be like, oh yeah, I, I can talk about it, but how do I engage in it? Like, how do you actively engage in that with your peers in those spaces? Yeah. Um, again, pretty unique place in Wheaton. Um, about 90% of our staff played at Wheaton for our former. Oh, wow. Okay. So we all were preached the same thing during our four years at Wheaton. And, um, honestly, almost all of us overlapped in some, some form, um, which again is pretty cool. Um, so that, that is ingrained in us, which helps. So there's a natural just compatibility among the coaches where we know the mission um, and we're able to speak the same language towards that mission, um, which is huge just in any organization. Um, but then we also on Sundays, um, we don't have any football responsibilities that day for our players. Um, as coaches, that's our day to meet. And um, we start off our meeting every Sunday with with a devotional. We'll go through a book as a staff together. Um, and, and we're starting with that. We're not starting with the X's and O's. We're not starting with what happened the week before. We want to start with what the foundation is and and really keep us honest. Like we, we promise these, these guys a four year experience where they're going to be able to grow. And if their coaches aren't, aren't doing that themselves, it's shame on us. Yeah. And I just, that to me is the most beautiful representation of Christ. Like it's, it's meeting, it's being present with people. Like that's what he did. Like Mm -hmm. he just met with you. He's like, Hey, do you want to have dinner? Like, hey, do you want to talk? Hey, do you want to be present? And then it gets to go from your staff and then just naturally just bleeds into your team. And I just feel like I want to go hang out at Wheaton right now. I'm like, can I just go hang out with the football program? And like, we can all just talk about Jesus and how great he is. And then we can like win some football games. And that's really cool. But what a beautiful experience. I guess my question to you, James, is is how would you, if you had to put yourself in the shoes of someone who was, was coaching at a public institution where these conversations are not as organic. These conversations are not as present and honestly not as welcomed and maybe not at all. What would be your advice to a coach in that space? Yeah. And then, I mean, that easily could be me in the future. So um, 
I think the biggest thing is, is the relationship piece. If you have a relationship with an athlete, with another coach, you're able to, it opens up so many doors to have those conversations. And a lot of ways Wheaton is, it requires that too. You know, if I didn't build a relationship with my players, they probably wouldn't be receptive if I brought up Mm -hmm. something, if I went to challenge them, if I went to encourage them. Um, So having that relationship is huge and, and knowing that, you know, we're not, I'm not bringing up these, these challenges to my guys because I, I just feel like I'm, I'm powerful, more powerful than them. It's because I care for them and I want yeah. the best for them. And I think that's the biggest piece when, when someone knows that they're cared for and that goes all the way back to me being a junior high director at a, at a church in Dallas. Um, when, when those kids realize, Hey, he he's in it for me, he's not in it for himself. I think that's when the trust happens and um, really allows you to, to dive deep. Oh, I love that. I love that response. Give me a God moment. What is a, if, if you have a God moment that kind of pops in your head on the field, maybe for you as a player or as a coach or both, I don't, doesn't really matter to me. Where did he show up? Like where, where yeah. was the moment where he's like, Oh yeah, that was definitely him. Like there he is. You can't tell me he's not real. Yeah. Um, one that comes to mind in, in more recent years, it was two seasons ago. Um, I had a, a couple of receivers that were just going through some hard stuff off the field with, with family. And um, it kind of came to a conclusion with a, a teammate who came up one morning and um, in my office, I shared with another coach and he just sat down and was quiet and didn't even say hello and found out his sister passed that morning, his older oh, sister. Wow. Um, and we were the first people he told. He got off the phone with his dad and walked straight up and um, was able to pray for him and he uh, uh, powered through and played that week and then went home the following for, for the funeral um, and was able to talk to my receivers. And, and, you know, I'm in, I'm in tears when I'm doing this, but saying how much that we love Tyler and um, how much this is a family. And yeah. um, that was, that was a big God moment to see that, you know, when I played at Wheaton um, and, and my experience was great, but my receiver room was a little bit clicky and everyone was okay. in it for themselves. And that was my goal when I came back to coach was let's make this a, a group that's a family and, and make it that, Football wise, anyone has success. We all have success, but then beyond that, um, and and to see that moment where guys coming alongside him and praying for him, and um, guys realizing that this is bigger than football. Um, we have opportunity to have fifteen to twenty guys in our position room that love Jesus but love each other, and and that was really cool to see. And then to see those two of those guys specifically that had tough years come back for a fifth year um, and be leaders. And it wasn't about them; it was about they just want to stay involved in the family. It was really cool and. It had nothing to do with me and it was, it was all God, but it was cool to see a vision God put on my heart come into fruition. And it's just this space. Again, it goes back to relationships. It goes yeah. back to intentionality. It goes back to just loving people super well and meeting them where they are. And sometimes it's on a mountain peak and sometimes it's in a really, really dark valley. But the beauty of the valley is he's walking through it with us. And he also gave us each other to do it together. We were not meant to live this life alone. We were meant to do it in community. And to me, James, you just have a phenomenal community of men who are so driven by their love for Christ. Like, you can't tell me he's not real. You can't tell me that he's not there. And at the end of the day, the wins and losses are great, but it's the winning the souls. It's knowing that they met Jesus. It's knowing that their lives were transformed by him. And you got to be a vessel that spoke mm-hmm. life into them for him. Like what a blessing it is to be a coach. That's how I feel about your entire journey right now. 
Oh, okay. James, I know, I know you're busy. I know you are, you are a college football coach and you're in recruiting and you're doing all of the things. So I, I, I don't want to finish with necessarily a question. I want to give you a, a space to say whatever is on your heart. Is there something that's like, oh, I need to drive this point home or I really want to wrap with this for his glory? Yeah, I think thinking up to just my experience to this day, and I know God will bring a lot more and I have no idea where he's going to take me. Um, but I think the biggest thing, if I was talking to, to a young coach, a, a young athlete, I think be surrounded by people that are like you or, or the people mm. you want to be like is, is really important. Um, you can kind of like you said, stats are, are, are come and go, but the soul lasts forever in a way that you said it. Um, that, that, that has to be important for a, for a Christian coach, a Christian athlete is, you know, make sure, yeah, you can, you can get that all the athletic success you want, but that's going to end someday. You can get all the coaching success you want, but that'll end someday. But like you said, the soul goes on for forever and um, be around that community. That's going to build you up. And um, when you need it, and that's going to encourage you when you need it, it's going to challenge you when you need it. And I think that's, that's really the, the biggest thing I would take away so far. No, I love it. And I think show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Right. And yeah. it's a space where surround, your, surround yourself with a Christ-centered community. Surround yourself with, who are, with people who are willing to walk in it with you, knowing that the most important person walking with you is Jesus Christ. And I just love that, again, very young in your career, for sure, but you have this foundation within who you are because you know whose you are. And I seriously cannot wait to see what you and God do next for his kingdom. I appreciate it. Uh, James, I just want to pray over you. I want to pray over your family. I want to pray over your team. I want to pray over everything that God is doing. I don't know how long this prayer is going to go. I get slightly long-winded at times, <laughs> um, but I want to do that. And then I'm going to tell you, I so love you like 17 times. And then I will actually hang up with you and we will let you go about your day. Awesome. Uh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for a heart like James's. Thank you for a foundation that you have built in his soul to glorify you. Thank you for providing him opportunities for you to show up and show out for your glory. Lord, I pray you just continue to move in his life. I pray you continue to move in his marriage and move on the field with him and move in his professional career, knowing that you are walking with him, knowing that you have given him the most amazing talents that he can use to glorify you. Lord, we are so thankful for a space where we get to talk about you. We get to talk about what you're doing, what you're doing in our player rooms, what you're doing on the field, what you're doing internationally from a mission perspective, because the mission is you. The mission is your love and your grace and your forgiveness. And we want the world to know. And Lord, I am so thankful that you are using James to have those conversations. Lord, we are so thankful for your love and your grace that we do not deserve, but willingly accept every day of our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, James, I so love you because again, John 3, 16 is my favorite Bible verse of all time. And God so loved us and I have no other choice but to so love you. So thank you so much for sharing this story. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your vulnerability. And thank you for showing what a foundation of Christ looks like and how that can move in your personal and professional world. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Ugh, amazing, amazing listeners. I so love you for all that you are and all that you will continue to become. Thank you and have a God-blessed day.